0: Welcome to Whole Mother. This is KPFT Houston 90.1, Galveston 89.5. I'm your host, Pat Jones. Whole Mother is a voice in our community which educates and informs us. There are many reasons to be uh, educated as a mother, a father, a grandparent, aunt, uncle, neighbor, birthing person. Whole Mother believes that we need to make our choices out of rational thinking, choices that are made through education, research, not out of fear, especially fear that is imposed by those who stand to profit by our choices. It is hoped that the education you receive on this show will contribute to changing the way we birth and the way we parent. All humans are born good. I've seen more than 3,000 babies come into the world, and I can tell you that there are no bad babies. There are no bad humans. All babies are born exactly the same in their goodness, their innocence, their curiosity, their brilliance, their ability to love and to trust. They're all born with the same delight in the world. It doesn't matter what country they're born in what their skin color is, what language they're learning to speak, or how much money is in their family. We are all born with the same goodness. We all come into the world with the same potential. If that's true, that all humans are born without hate, judgment, shame, or jealousy, then where do we learn those qualities if we're not born with them? Whole Mother is here to look at our parenting, which begins in the very first moments. Remember that KPFT is listener-sponsored, and you are the listeners. That means we bring you information, education that's not funded by anyone but you, and we need your help to stay on the air. We need your help to keep Whole Mother on the air so we can educate and inform please go to kpft.org or call 713-526-5738. My guest this evening is Jessica Gonzalez. She is a queer Chicano from Houston working in the field of reproductive health for over 25 years. I think I've known her about that long. She is co-founder and program director at Heart of Houston Birth and Wellness Center, as well as a senior student midwife planning to sit for her boards in the next couple of months. Yay! (laughs) Jessica started her career as a medical assistant in a Title IX clinic in Texas, where she witnessed the disparities in maternal and early childhood health care for people of the global community. In 2009, she began working with local organizations and individuals seeking to improve maternal mortality outcomes for people of the global community. Jessica is also the creator of the Whole Heart Collective, a program with a strong focus on fostering community among new and expectant parents. She has facilitated postpartum support circles and queer parenting groups for over 10 years. As a doula and now student midwife, her ancestral gift of navigating the spaces between new life and death has afforded her the grand honor of welcoming close to 500 new souls into our world. Jessica is the mother to two incredible kids ages 8 and 5, Wow, how did that happen so quick? And she enjoys camping, reading, live music, and naps. Also in the studio today is Jackie Griggs, a certified nurse midwife who has been practicing in the Houston Beaumont area for the past 35 years. She's a mom to five grown sons, three of them born at home with the help of midwives, two grandchildren and a new grandbaby is expected in about two weeks. Yay. Yay. (laughs) She has helped mainly with home and birth center births, but she's also worked in the hospital some as well. She is the owner of a birth center in Beaumont called Birth Center of Beaumont, and she also helps with home births in the Houston area. She has been on the board of directors of the American Association of Birth Centers, and she is still a very big advocate for midwifery care at a birth center or home. She is also focused on training new midwife students and helping to increase the number of birth centers in Texas and the United States. Welcome, both of you, to Home Mother. We are so delighted to have you and honored to have you. Um, Thank you. So let's Thanks, start, uh, if we could, I'd like the audience to hear just a little more about your journeys to where you are today. What motivated you to follow this path in your life?
1: Can I go first? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I wanted to be a midwife when I was a little girl. I used to spend summers at my cousin's uh, home out in the country on a farm with lots of animals, having babies. I was really interested in all of that. And back then, there wasn't any Internet. That was in the 70s. So I... Uh, I thought I would become a nurse because I thought that was the same thing. And there are a lot of similarities, but um, I was never really happy working in a hospital because um, I was the one who had to make women stay in bed. I was the one who had to take the babies to the newborn nursery. Um, I frequently saw people uh, being told to be quiet. I Saw women getting a lot of drugs during labor, and sometimes that's called for, but not every time. I just saw a lot of things I didn't agree with, and I knew a midwife wouldn't do those things. And um, I wanted to really spend time with my clients, helping them through labor. I didn't want to just watch the monitor. And also the hospital where I worked the last time, which was about 30 years ago, had a pretty high C-section rate. It was around 30% 30% and it was going higher. And I saw lots of ways that we could have prevented that, but they wouldn't let women get out of bed, uh, wouldn't let them get in the shower or the tub. And I just didn't want to be part of that. I wanted to, I really wanted to be a midwife. And um, so I was already a nurse. <clears throat> and so I went back and got my master's degree and became a nurse midwife. And I've never regretted it for one day. I love what I do
0: yay wonderful story (laughs) yes thank
2: you jessica what brought you to this place um so i started my one of my very first jobs out of high school was working for um university of texas and the medical branch they have different satellite clinics all throughout houston and um so i started out there working with moms and babies and just did the back office type of work with blood draws and, you know, as a medical assistant doing all that kind of stuff and just really fell in love with working um, with pregnant folks and especially the demographic that I was working with. So I was working with a lot of undocumented women and hearing their stories about how, you know, they came to the United States and were having their babies and their travels and all of that. It was just so incredible. And um, so I really enjoyed that part of it. And then moved on from there and ended up doing some um, laboratory work, actually, for a lab that did um, STI testing in women's health. And so then I was not working with moms and babies. I was in laboratories, but I was I was still in OBGYN offices. So I still kind of had my fingers in it, but not quite um, uh, what I wanted. So then uh, I was trying to decide if I wanted to go back to school to be a midwife because I had worked with midwives at UTMB, and um, and then I, my midwife friends told me try doula work first. That, that's <laughs> if you like if you can live with that call schedule, then maybe you can be a midwife. <laughs> um, and so I started doing doula work, and I started with postpartum doula work, and then grew my birth um, business, and did that for about thirteen years. And it was um, incredible. I did a lot of laboring, lots and lots of hours of laboring with people and um, learning and uh, serving families in this area. And that also included um, starting support groups. So a lot of my demographic as a doula were folks that were transplants here to Houston. They were here for oil and gas or medicine or academics. And I didn't have, you know, Community here. They were they were on their own starting this whole parenthood thing. So we started hosting um, support groups, and now thirteen years later, I can still see folks on Facebook that have met that met in group, and now their families vacation together, and they live in parts of the, different parts of the country. But you know that's how they made their connection was in these groups. And so um, then uh, a few years ago, uh, Mary Love, who is a nurse midwife at University of Texas, we I mean, at, at Texas Children's, we'd done quite a few births together, um, approached me about starting a birth center here in central Houston, because there wasn't really anything in central Houston. Um, and so I said, let's do it, right? I just, I had my two kids and the pandemic had just hit and we were just kind of sitting at home and we said, let's, let's figure this out. And um, yeah, so then once we opened the birth center, uh, we opened two years ago and, uh, we just it's just been everything that we've dreamed having a hub of places for birth workers to come and folks to take classes and bring their babies and their toddlers and it's just been uh, really a dream come true and with that knowing that i was really fortunate to to be in a space where i had preceptors and folks who were ready to teach me um the aspects of midwifery that i'd not learned uh they uh you know i i've got really great preceptors who, sh- who showed me what what midwifery is, and how to you know use the skills that I already had and um and uh, hopefully I will be able to sit for my um boards and all of that in another couple of months, and then I'll be a real life midwife. <laughs> We're rooting for you <laughs> thanks
0: but would you tell the audience um so i because I don't want to forget this, tell the audience a little bit about the collective? and how they could contact you there, what they could find, what's available, because there's just a wealth here.
2: Yeah. So the collective is, it's a program where it doesn't, anybody can join. It is, uh, there's a fee for it. It's $30 a month or $300 for the year. And what it includes is um, all of the classes that we teach here. So we have uh, seven core classes that we teach. We teach Um, preparation for the postpartum period, we teach breast chest feeding, we teach um, bottle and pumping, we have a stages of labor class, a comfort measures class, a class about um, when plans change, and so possible interventions that you have. And all of the classes are based off of my experience as a doula, doing deliveries in all different places. So I did a ton of hospital birth. I've done a lot of birth center birth and quite a few um, home births as well. And so the curriculum is set up for like, it doesn't matter where you're going to deliver, here are the universal truths about being in labor, right? And um, and parenting and newborn care and all of those things. And in those classes, we try to get a lot of um, local um, providers to, to help us out. So we have pediatricians and pelvic floor therapists and Anyway, the whole program is designed so that no matter where you're delivering, um, you can be a part of this community and come to the classes. And that also includes, um, we also do weekly postpartum support groups and we have anxiety groups. And um, again, the whole dream was to build a hub so people could find community. And um, that's really what the Whole Heart Collective is. It's just a program for folks to pop in and out when they're in this season of life to, you know, build community and get some information and some support and, um you know, and thrive in the postpartum period instead of struggling. Like, you know, we tend to see so much of in today's society. So. And how do they find it? So the website, it, you can go to um wholehearthouston.com or um the birth center website is heartofhoustonbirth.com.
0: Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So um, I'd like to ask you, both of you, you both worked in birth centers now for a long time. uh, Tell the audience, why do you advocate for birth centers?
1: Um, Well, I wanna say that, uh, you know, we're talking about birth centers today and we're talking about advantages and how wonderful birth centers are. But I wanna make it clear I'm not saying anything against home birth or hospital birth if that's what's indicated. We're just we're just bringing out the good about birth centers, and uh, because a lot of birth centers, like my birth center, also do offer home birth as well. <clears throat> but today, I want to talk about how great a birth center is, and starting with it being a place in the community where people know they can go to find good information. Where people know it's like the grocery store or the post office or you know the church. It's a birth center is a nor- another part of your community that is just an important part that it's there. And it doesn't mean it's the only thing, the only place that people should go. But it's there, and when it's there for a long time or or a short time, but the longer it's there, the more people know about it and. One of my mottos as a midwife has always been a midwife for every neighborhood. And I totally believe that with all my heart. Uh, Our midwife group here in Houston, we even had some T-shirts that say a midwife for every neighborhood. And there should also be a midwife, I'm sorry, a birth center for every neighborhood. There should be lots and lots of birth centers. And we're lucky in Texas, there's more birth centers than any other state. I think there's currently 92, which is amazing and wonderful. Wow. But uh, there could be more. There how should many, be more. And how, how many in Houston? Twelve. Twelve. 12. 12.
0: Very good. Cool. And there's
1: even more in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I think there's close to 20. Wow. <clears throat> but um, first centers should be a place where people know they can go and find information about the midwifery model of care which is different from the obstetrical model and they can find good advice they can find support just like exactly like what jessica was just talking about <clears throat> and it should be a neighborhood institution that is uh, respected and appreciated and uh, you know there for the long haul another thing uh that's so important is that uh mid-month well we'll go to this but birth centers really do have improved outcomes in some areas of uh of birth related statistics and i know we're going to talk about statistics in a few minutes so i'll just say that for now and we'll go on but um it really is an important place for people to know is there and uh Let's go on and I I've got some more things I'll say
0: about
2: it in a little bit.
0: Jessica, anything you want to add for um why advocate for a birth center?
2: Oh, I I totally agree with everything Jackie said. You know, it it, it you know, that was the goal when we built this place too is that it we knew, we wanted there to be a space for folks to come and know that this was their where they would get that information, you know. A lot of the people that delivering in hospitals with midwife with midwives you know the, the midwife groups and hospitals would say you know I wish there was like a happy medium I wish there was something in between being at home and being in the hospital and you know for a lot of folks who you know th- this they're just dipping their toes into um, you know more holistic care or more autonomy in their health care um, they they's, you know it feels a little bit safer for them to be in a in a different setting and I feel like, you know the in building this place that was that was the call was like why isn't there something in between right and and it feels like for a lot of folks it the birth center setting feels a little bit safer than being at home and like jackie said it isn't that isn't a dig at home birth because i've seen beautiful home birth and we know we know that you know home birth is wonderful as well but um not everybody's ready for that type of dive into right. this world you know right yes
1: i would say also that uh Birth centers make a lot of dads happy. They, A lot of dads are not ready at all for home birth, but they, they will, especially when they see our birth centers. They're clean, they're cozy, they're nice, they're homey. The supplies are there. They know we have annual inspections by the Department of Health. They know that we're stocked and ready for birth. Those things give a lot of uh, reassurance to dads and other family members. And that's, you know, it's the woman having the baby, but it is nice. And when I had my first out of hospital birth, um, a birth center was a really great thing that, you know, we could consider. Uh, uh, yeah, so- I've
2: had a lot of doula clients who start out in the hospitals and then moved to birth center and then moved to home. The last three doula clients that I worked with were all three peak clients and they were all out of hospital births. And they still started in the hospital, but ended up, you know, being out of hospital because again, they just felt safer and safer and trusted the birth process more. And, you know, with that, they ended up, you know, at home at the very end, but it, I agree with you, Jackie. It, I think it kind of Birth centers for for partners as well, give them that kind of peace of mind. Yes. So tell the
0: audience, what are some other advantages to being in a freestanding birth center, as opposed to having a a birth in a hospital?
2: Well, I think Jackie and I were just talking about this at the last birth that we were at together, uh where I was telling her that I don't think I could ever be a home birth midwife. I'm, I'm, I for as a as a midwife or, or soon to be midwife for me I think it's that I know where everything is that that's you know uh, that one less distraction for me to have to think about where did I put this and where is that and did I bring this piece of equipment in and did I was I sure to pack that and is the home clean that we're coming into and you know are how many people are going to be there and there's so many variables that um, I don't have a lot of control over but here in the birth center. You know, I, that's one less thing for me to worry about. I know there will always be the emergency kit here. And I know that the, that my medications will always be here. And, um, you know, that, that for me, I feel makes me a better provider, you know? Uh,
0: And um, another advantage I just thought of along that line is, you know, where your transport is, you know, how far away is your ambulance? You know, how far away is the closest hospital, which hospital do you go to and, and who's going to be there for you? Things like that you
1: know how to get there in the middle of the night you know where to park mm-hmm. you know uh, you know your medications are stored at the correct temperature uh, all those things and, and I know that sounds like we're talking against home birth and I'm not at oh. all I'm just saying these are the advantages of a birth center
0: yes and
1: yeah. um, one thing that comes from my point of view as an older midwife and I'm not retiring yet for uh, hopefully a long time, but I am starting to think, you know, what's going to happen to this place when I do retire. And with a birth center you have a chance to pass it on to another group of midwives, you have a chance for it to be sustainable. Like what I was talking about while ago, having a a place in the community. Um, One thing I always hope is that when I transfer a client to the hospital, I want it to be the best it can be because it's it's always disappointing when we have to go to the hospital and, you know, we had planned to have the baby at home or at the birth center and then have to do that. But I hope over the years, uh, the doctors and nurses will read my notes. will see that this woman had excellent, thorough prenatal care, good labor care, that um, we're paying attention to her. We're taking her vital signs mm-hmm. regularly. And the longer you're, at one place um, and transferring to the same hospital over and over again, the doctors and nurses who work there have a better chance to build some trust in you and to build um, reliance that you're doing the right thing. And that if you're sending a client to the hospital, they need to be there. There's a good reason. And um, so uh, for that reason, I think birth centers are – sustainable you know they uh you just have a way to keep it going past just me or just you Mm -hmm. and pat you're probably better able to talk to that than either one of us because you did you've already done it you know a while back um i'm sorry i i'm what have i done (laughs) um you had a birth center you were yes aren't you the first one who had a birth center in houston
0: I was second, but the first one didn't stay open very long. And uh, after she closed, then I opened and I was there for 20, 19 years.
2: Wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: Well, I want you to know that that your birth center was one thing that inspired me to open a birth center of my own. I mean, I'll never forget the first time we went there. I went there for some kind of a midwives meeting and we sat in a circle in the living room. We had the most beautiful cotton blue pillows that we sat on, and I was just floating on air. I was so happy Aww. to be around other midwives, and I mean, I, that is just mm-hmm. a really important memory for me, and inspiration to me, and you are too, of course.
0: Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you. Thanks. Yeah. Well, tell the audience a little more, what are advantages to come to a birth center as opposed to a hospital birth? I'd like the audience to hear that also.
2: Okay. <laughs> I would say some of the advantages are um, just kind of what, uh, you know, you're, you know, where you, this is the same place where you're coming to get your prenatal care. You know, most of the time you're pretty comfortable in this space. Your partner's comfortable in this space. It's not intimidating. Um, you know, we've got, like I said, the uh, supplies and everything that we need are, you know, typically the staff really knows where everything's at and it's a, very well-oiled machine in the sense that we, you know, work very well. Um, We really appreciate that, or our folks really appreciate that they can have some, sometimes they have to bring their children with them, you know, where where maybe the hospital won't let them have their younger children involved in the process or the amount of people that they want um, involved in the process. Um, During COVID, we, we, you know, that's when we started getting a ton of inquiries because people were worried that their doula couldn't be with them, or that their spouse couldn't be with them, and <clears throat> or you know that they weren't allowed to breastfeed if they had COVID, or th- you know things like that that they were just worried about uh, the, the regulations of the hospital. Where you know the birth center is, it uh, you know you do have a lot more freedom and autonomy. Um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things is that autonomy of what 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 is it that you want this experience to look like? And and the birth center gives you the freedom to do that, um, you know, more so, I think, well, in a hospital. I, would.
1: <clears throat> I agree. And I think midwifery care in general, you have more autonomy and that's what draws a lot of women to midwifery care. I will say we still have guidelines. We still got to stay in the lines, you know, there's, you gotta, gotta be safe, gotta be normal, gotta be healthy. Everybody's gotta (laughs) live through the situation. But um, one thing that makes me so happy at a birth center is when people in the waiting room start talking to each other and that gives people confidence in that, you know, I'm not the only one choosing this. And I know that happens in doctor's offices too, but I love to hear new new moms, talking to each other, uh, new families. Occasionally, somebody will come in that the other person already knows. That just thrills my heart to death to to see that. And the meetings that uh, y'all are having at Heart of Houston, that's so wonderful, Jessica. And uh, we're, you know, a lot of our centers do that. We have some meetings at my office, too. And and I think we could all do more. And y'all are an inspiration for that. Um, another wonderful thing is that we can train new students um, okay. people know that this is uh, on the very first visit we tell people with your permission we'll have a student here and she's not here for just one day she's here for quite a while so she gets to know the clients the clients get to know her eventually when I retire and my students uh, some of my clients will go to her because they've known her for a long time Um okay. Also, this is still a problem, but it's getting better, and we're working on it, is a chance for better reimbursement from insurance and Medicaid for birth centers. There's uh, some birth centers here in the Houston area. I know Wellspring and North Houston both take Medicaid, and um, I know Nativity in the Woodlands takes Blue Cross. I mean, there's more and more chance for insurance reimbursement, and that's something I'm we're I'm a member of the coalition of Texas birth centers. That's something we're working really hard on to get better reimbursement. I mean it shouldn't be difficult for a woman to get her birth care and prenatal care paid for by if she has insurance I mean that makes for better outcomes when when women have reimbursement for yes. a typical standard care, and mm-hmm. so we're really working hard on that too. Yes.
0: I'd like to add a couple things, if you all don't mind. Uh, yeah. in, in a birth center, as opposed to a hospital, uh, the woman can eat and drink what she wants. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. She can get into whatever position that she wants to. Uh, she can birth in any position, and any place she wants to. Um, she can have as whatever family, whoever she wants to be with her. Um, it's a homey environment. It's not a medical environment. Uh, I think she has less risk of being exposed to the things that we might be exposed to in medical uh, 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 locations. But my favorite uh, uh, advantage is about the baby, that the baby gets welcomed in, in a loving space by its parents. It doesn't get taken away. It doesn't get treated roughly. Nobody dries the baby in a rough way. The dad, hopefully, is the one that gets to dry the baby or catch the baby. And the baby is not taken away. The, if When it's time to examine the baby, the baby isn't taken away from its parents. It gets to stay right there. It, the baby spends most of its time on the mother's body. Those are important so messages for a baby to begin life. And we don't get that in the same way at a, in a hospital as we do at home or in a birth center. Either way. Yeah. With a midwife is, uh, I guess, what how I should say that. With a yeah. midwife, the baby gets to be with its parents.
1: Right.
0: Uh-huh. I think that's uh, a huge
1: advantage. Another thing that's really important to us is not to cut the cord right away. Yes. I mean, we do cut the cord within the hour after birth usually, but, or, you know, it's not really that long. But just to give the cord 15 or 20 minutes to for the uh, blood in the placenta to empty into the baby, to go into the baby, that's the baby's blood. It needs that blood.
0: Yeah. And there's more and more research that shows us how very important that is, Yeah, that the baby yeah, yeah. get that blood, that it not be taken yeah. away. And when
1: we take someone to the hospital and we're able to go with them, we still advocate to give a give the cord a little chance to uh, for that blood to flow into the baby at least a minute
0: a minute yeah, oh. yeah. I know
2: One of the classes that we teach here is a stages of labor class. And we talk about, you know, first stage, second stage, all that and birth. And this is what it's going to look like. That newborn period will look like. And again, our classes are designed so that I'm teaching both a hospital audience and a home or birth center audience. And it's, you know, I think that's the biggest difference that you see in the education is that you know, when, if you're delivering outside of the hospital, we're going to put that baby on you and then the baby is yours. You know, we're not going to rough the baby up or put a hat on it, or, you know, most of those things we just, I mean, really, we know that the safest place for that baby is on you. And even if baby looks funny and we have to resuscitate, or uh, if baby needs any help, we know to keep the baby attached to the placenta because that's how it's getting its oxygenated blood. We don't want to cut off its lifeline. Right. But telling them that for in a hospital setting is the complete opposite. They are going to disconnect that baby quickly. They will swoop the baby away mm. and, you know, take it to the table and do resuscitation there. And, you know, but there's a big difference, right? And what right. we do outside of the hospital versus in a hospital setting. Right. Um, and we have privilege at the hospital to do birth. And, and you know, even then sometimes we're, we're like having to elbow some of the nurses away from the baby because yes. we're used to, you know, leave the baby alone or we'll accidentally yes. drop the suction. Thing on the ground because we don't need to be suctioning baby right now. Baby's just fine, you know? So, yeah, it's, it is, that is one of the biggest differences for that baby.
1: That's one thing that some people don't understand that when a baby comes out and cries even a little bit right away, it probably doesn't need any suctioning. It's probably going to be just fine. And I'm not saying we never suction a baby, but we don't routinely right. suction because it, it needs to clear its passages. It needs to, you know, cough that stuff up and get it out. And, um, and it ba in general, babies don't need that right off the bat. And that worries. Like when people have had babies at the hospital dads, they're like, well, suction the baby. And we're like, it really mm-hmm. doesn't need that. And, you know, we, uh, that kind of leads into the differences between a hospital and a birth center, um, uh, Or, you know, I'm a home birth, but a birth center is that there's a lot of things we do and don't do that are different. And uh, getting out of bed is such a huge difference. And they, in general, don't let you get out of bed too much in the hospital because they want the woman in labor to stay on the monitor. We follow the woman around and we listen frequently with a Doppler. We want to make sure her baby's okay, but you don't have to stay in bed to do that. And That's one of the biggest differences why birth works with, you know, out of the hospital is with a lower C-section rate because that movement out of bed, changing positions, uh, leaning over, letting us massage her back, going to the bathroom, getting in the tub, all that in and out movement that helps the baby come out. And it's not normal for a woman to lay still in labor. I mean, it can still work. And sometimes it's how things have to be, but it should be more normal for a woman to get out and change positions. And then another big difference is that uh, we don't induce people. Women go into labor when they go into labor. Sometimes it's night and sometimes it's day and all times in between. Uh, Studies have shown midwifery care has a lot more weekend births than hospital care because people aren't being induced and, um, and you know, once again, sometimes women do need to be induced. There's valid reasons for that. But I feel like, in general, the hospital overuses its technology. They they do more inductions than really need to be done. And it's safer for the mom and the baby to have to go into labor when her body wants to go into labor, when it's time. And usually, that's um, at or right around or a little past the due date, not two or three weeks before.
0: Birth yeah, is a I normal I, natural body function. It's not a medical right. event.
2: Right. Yeah.
3: What
0: were you going to say? We know we
2: see better outcomes when we allow that physiological yes. birth to happen. You know, I mean, we, we, we talk about the maternal mortality rate nationwide and even here in Texas, as high as it is, and really low risk women, birth, people birthing, you know, that we the outcomes are better out of the hospital or equal to or better than out of the hospital. And, and that is the answer, right? Because it's a different type of care. The midwifery model of care is the answer to that problem. Yes. You know, uh, these are uh, demographics and folks who are under resourced and uh, it's caught, co- you know, they, the, the, the state is not uh, reimbursing birth centers, but, we have the better outcomes, we offer the support, the, you know, the, the it's there, right? Like we, 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 we have the capabilities to do it, but, um, you know, we need the state behind us and we need, um, you know, the hospitals to be behind us too, because, uh, you know, in in the whole, we understand the way the medical system works, right? That it's all about profit. You know, they, the more people they see, you know, the more money they make. And so the, the inducing people and getting them in and out of the hospital, right, that's profitable for them. But what's happening is that, you know, folks are dying. Whereas our model of care is more about the quality of care that we give them and the follow-up that we give them. And that's what, uh, that's where the better outcomes are happening, you know? But we don't, you know, but we're not making money off of this. This You don't get into midwifery because you want to be rich because that's not going to happen, right? Like right. we do it to serve people because we love people, you know?
1: Right.
0: right. And we want
1: a better well, world. Uh, you know, we do want a better world, but I don't want to scare women away from going into midwifery because, you know, we make, uh, I make a fine salary. I pay myself. <laughs> And I'm I sure do you too. too,
2: Jessica. But yeah, um, I do just fine. <laughs> yeah.
0: But do, do you want to yeah. say a little more about the statistics uh, that we've kind of touched on here? Um, the um, cesarean yeah. rate in our country, prematurity
1: rates. Uh, well, there was an actual study done in, and it was published in 2019 called the Strong Start Study, and it was uh, quite a few birth centers nationwide in the United States that were um, had over 12,000 women uh, deliver compared to 12,000 women in a hospital in in several hospitals, not just one. And the statistics were better across the board. There was a lower prematurity rate, lower C-section rate, lower complication rate and higher rates of breastfeeding. Um, Things were, just better in general. And that strong start study, if you Google it, it's easy to find. It's well documented. It was a great, great study that was, um, started by the American association of birth centers. And, uh, and we're still trying to get more funding for birth centers, more funding for midwifery education. Um, and it's based on that study because it's real numbers, real outcomes. Um, one thing I will say that's a problem with the birth center is that there aren't enough birth centers and there aren't enough midwives. We need more. And I'm sad to say we turn people away all the time at our birth center in Beaumont. We need more birth centers and more midwives. Okay. Um, and, you know, sometimes I understand why they do things the way they do in the hospital. They have more people to deal with. They uh, They have to run people through and get people in and out quicker. Uh, and I mean, even at our birth center, we can't let people stay indefinitely. You know, we have to, uh, they have to have their baby and they have to go home and we don't have unlimited beds. But, uh, but in general, we're more patient and uh, more personal care. I think that's the big thing for most of my clients is they know me, I know them. If they need something, they call me. I know who they are. That makes a big difference. And that's an intangible thing that uh, provides better outcomes. That people have more security in who they're working with and that, you know, somebody is a, a true advocate for them in whatever situation it is.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I would tell this to my doula clients all the time that we are mammals, right? When when it boils down to it, we're mammals. And if we don't feel safe, our body's not going to do what it needs to do to bring our babies here. And when you have, you know, a lot of different uh, folks that you don't know asking you questions and bright lights and all that other stuff, it interrupts that process too, right? And we want those families to feel safe when they get here. And so it is it, it's not just the, you know, hour long prenatals that we give them and and the time that we, you know, sit with them, that's building their trust. But the day of they come into a space where it what's happening is being honored. And we are and we are, you know, providing the environment for them so that their body can do what it needs to do. Right. So those hormones can work the way that they need to work so that, you know uh, you know, as a mammal, they feel safe and they their babies come. Right. And but it's that's If they're not feeling safe or they're being interrupted that process is being interrupted then that's when the interventions come in and so our job Mm -hmm. is to you know create that safe space and that cocoon for them so that what naturally is going to happen can unfold you know can we predict that it's going to be a perfect kittens and butterfly birth no we don't guarantee that but you know we we do guarantee that you you know you're safe with us and and we'll hold that space for you so that you feel confident
1: right and back to the mammal thing that's why i believe most babies are born in the evening at night in the early morning it's because it's quiet it's calm uh, i've seen that so many times where the mom will have the baby early in the morning before the other kids wake up and yeah. um that has that's an important thing that is overlooked it's because how can you prove that you know it's hard it's a different right. thing to prove but I I know it in my heart, you know? Right. And yeah. another thing that I wanted to say that as a midwife, that one thing I've loved about having a birth center, having being a midwife and having women find me for help with their birth is all the women of different nationalities who have come to me over the years, because in other countries, birth center midwifery care is more common. It's more mm-hmm. utilized. And I've had people just while we were sitting here, I made a list of just in the past year or two, I've had French, Filipino, Ukrainian, Israeli, Mexican, Canadian, um, and other women too, Japanese. And I'm sure y'all have too. And nothing makes me happier than getting to find out about other, other cultures and other families, how things are in their countries and, it's it's been such a wonderful thing to meet those people that I would have never met otherwise.
0: And so many of those countries see birth as a normal natural body function. Um, yeah. And, and what a difference we see when a woman has been brought up to believe that birth is normal. Yeah.
1: Right. It's so true. Yeah. Um, what you just said, Pat, jogged my memory. I've got a client who had a baby with me about 10 years ago. And she emailed me recently and said her older daughter, who's 12 or 13, is a birth junkie. She, she wants to know all about birth and wondering if she could come and shadow me. And I said, well, I think she needs to be a little bit older, but. And uh, so I, I mean, that's the way I was. I, if there was an animal having a baby, I was there.
0: And, yeah. Midwife to yeah. be.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my oldest girl the other day had a couple of we had a couple of friends over, uh, a boy and a girl, and um, funny enough, the the girl that was there, her mother delivered here at the birth center, and I actually caught her baby, um, and now our daughters are friends and hanging out. But uh, the little boy came up to me and he says, "The girls are telling me that babies come out of the private parts, but my mom said that babies come out of the belly. Are they telling me the truth?" And I just thought, you know, these girls who are so comfortable with out of hospital birth and so well versed in it are yes. terrifying this poor little guy, you know. So we had a good chat, and then I sent the moms a text message, just so you know, this happened. But, you know, they, they're so, the, these girls are just so, you know, well versed in it and they're familiar with it and they're not afraid of it. And it's, I think it's amazing to witness. And it, it gives me a lot of hope for, you know, future birth workers, right? That our yes. kids yeah. are just are a lot of birth workers and their children are the same way. So it's, it's really fun to watch and, and they're just so smart, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: So That's what me. would the two of you like uh, our community to know about birth?
1: Well, everything we've just talked about, about differences in midwifery care and medical care for, for pregnancy and birth. Uh, there are alternatives and you know even uh, this is something I wanted to say earlier is that even our presence in the world in the neighborhood in the city where you're at in the state where you're at the presence of midwives and birth centers has made it makes an impact on hospital care just this morning one of my clients was asking me about my First baby born in the hospital and she said did you get to hold him right away and I said no not no way they took him straight to the newborn nursery and I saw him going out the door and there was nothing wrong with him but now uh, skin-to-skin care is pretty standard in most hospitals and that would have never happened if midwives weren't speaking up and and That's have funny. setting an example you know that we like in the birth center we don't have uh, what do they call those things, warmers that warm babies, you know, we yeah. depend on mom. We put the baby next to the mom, the mom warms the baby and they're perfect. And yes. that, I guarantee you that would have never happened in the hospital if we hadn't started doing it. Right. And, and then studies were shown that it works. And, and, and that's not the only thing, the, the cord clamping thing, that's another thing. PCR Tissue lowered lower <laughs> incidence. Um, breastfeeding incidents much higher than it was in the 70s or 80s because um, we're showing the way, and right. um, I want I want the world to know that, and also I want the respect that we deserve for what we do. Um, some people, some hospitals look down on what we do, like it's second class care, and that's not so at all. We provide personal high quality care and I want the world to know that.
2: Yes. Yeah, again, exactly what Jackie said. I mean, we, it's, <laughs> you know, it is, it is possible to have a, a incredibly uh, empowering birth in a hospital setting it's not impossible for that to happen I've seen it happen many times but in an out of hospital setting in a community setting it is it is easier because you're not having to constantly advocate for yourself right you're not going in feeling like you know I'm I'm gonna have to uh, my partner's going to have to constantly advocate for me or i need to hire somebody to advocate for me and will i get the good nurse or the the nurse that's you know annoyed that i want to use the peanut ball you know all the things that now the hospital's have um and and it it just i'll tell my first time parents you you don't get a second shot at this right you can have another baby and you can do something different but this very first birth this very first time around you know you get this one shot to make it as magical as possible and You know with with not having to deal with the politics of the hospital and things like that and and being able to be have the autonomy in this space and feeling the safety of being in this space you know it's just um if if you are low risk enough to to do that then why wouldn't you right like this is your whole world is about to change you're about to be a parent and this birth is just a very small part of that but how you're made to feel and how you walk away from this experience is going to play a role in every day moving forward and if you know that this day is that important why why wouldn't you try and do it in a space that is the safest for you your partner and your baby you know
1: yeah and if you need to move to a a, if something is not okay something's not right you can always move To a higher level of care, we can take you to the hospital. That's right. Um, It doesn't, you don't have to stay there if you can't deal with the pain, if you can't, if your blood pressure is not okay, if the baby's not okay, we're not going to stay there. We're going to get you the care you need. But most women can do it, and most most women love doing it. They're empowered by doing it, and especially when they're surrounded by loving patient people that want them to be there and want to help them. And that's available to all women. If, if you want it, it's out there.
0: Very good. So uh, tell the audience how they could reach you, each of you.
1: Uh, So uh, my website is com, And uh, it's got numbers there that you can call or email us and, get in touch with us. And um, that's another thing. I'm available 24 hours a day, but, uh, and most midwives are. Go ahead, Jessica. (laughs) Uh,
2: We are at uh, heartofhoustonbirth.com. That's the birth center website. And then the collective, the programming that we do is wholehearthouston.com. And um, we're also on all the social media platforms, you can find us there. Email us at info at heartofhoustonbirth.com. dot com.
0: Very good. Closing words from each of you. Closing words of advice.
1: Uh, oh, I wish I had thought of that sooner. Sorry. <laughs> I just I'm looking forward to this coming year, 2024. Um, you know, as I said earlier, I'm not retiring yet, but. I do know that I'm at the end of my career and, you know, I hope I get 10 more years and, um but I've already had 30 or 40, you know, you can't work indefinitely. And I know I'm going to slow down some. I, I see every single birth, every single mama and baby and daddy as just, I'm so lucky to get to help with that baby and that family and, and do the best I can to, get them through to the other side through their birth and off to a good start. And um, I'm just thankful for a new year ahead and um, new babies on the way. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Jessica.
2: Yeah, Uh, real quick, I wanted to um, also mention the GHMA website. So the Greater Houston Midwives Alliance, that's also a really great way to find a midwife or birth center. The website has just been updated and it's amazing. They've done a really great job and it's got um, a map of the city and where you can find providers in your area. Um, So that's a really good resource for folks looking for midwifery care. Um, Parting words. You know, I am a brand new midwife. I'm, you know, not even a full midwife yet. And so I'm just starting, even though I've been in this industry for a while. And, um, you know, I really am just so grateful that I had such amazing um, mentors, you know, Pat, you and and Jackie, having worked with you guys over the years and all the other midwives that I got to work with as a doula and my preceptors, Kate and Bethany and, and Mary here at the birth center. You know, I just feel really, really fortunate that I had such amazing world models that, are from all over the place, right, that everybody comes from different backgrounds and taught me so many different things. And I think, you know, Houston is just such a melting pot of so many different cultures. And, you know, my hope is that as a brown queer midwife, you know, that uh, that there will be more coming after me, right, and that I'll be able to do what Jackie has done and teach, you know, the next generation of midwives and help the next generation, uh, you know, diversify the next generation of midwives for this city, because, you know, we are so diverse. And, um, like Jackie said, every neighborhood should have a birth center and a midwife for everyone. You know, that, that's our ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. And I'm super proud to, 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 be a part of that, you know, to begin to be a part of that.
1: Very We're good. super
2: proud you're
1: coming into the fold. Indeed. All of us are yes. So yes. happy for you, Jessica. Oh, thank you, Jackie.
0: We have about a minute left. Uh, any words for the community out there?
1: Learn all you can and uh, every baby is a new beginning. Just appreciate, make time to be with your new baby and uh, make some, you know, get, get some time off. And I know women do, men are getting more and more. I'm so happy about that. Yes. Yeah. yes.
0: Thank you both for all you do in our community. You make such a difference one baby at a time. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to contact us, and we're always pleased to hear from you, our address is wholemothershow at gmail.com. If you want to hear previous shows, and we have years of really good shows, you can go to wholemothershow.com and hear them. If you want to contact me personally, please feel free to email me at birthcare at aol.com. Thank you to our engineers. Thank you to EJ, to Edward, to Eric for all your support. Thank you out there for listening to Whole Mother. I'm Pat Chuns, and this is KPFT Houston.
3: One day wish upon a star, wake up where the clouds are far behind me, where trouble melts like lemon drops, high above the chimney top, that's where...